Thank you for downloading the One Church Podsmead podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. Hey, this morning is part three of our Making Change series. And uh, we're, we're walking through a subject that affects us all and, and, it, and it can have a huge impact on our lives, this, this series and, and the, way we, the way we live and the way we dig into what God has to say about certain things, especially about um, stewardship and generosity, which is what, what this series is about and, and what particularly this, this week is about. You know, God uses all the way through scripture this theme of stewardship and generosity as a cornerstone of, of doing something, of, of, of working something out in, in a believer's life. And um, even preparing this, it, there's something that it's, it jars a little bit. It, it's a bit like, I, I even saw a few people kind of... <laughs> Squit, squit in the chair as I, as I was talking about um, stewardship and generosity and, and making, making change and, and, and finance and, and what that means. And, um, but God uses this in a way all the way through the Bible of stewardship, generosity, of impacting, of changing people's lives, of doing something in, in a believer's life. Um, but I, I just need you to relax a little bit. We're going to go on a journey and I, I need you to relax. We're not just big deep breath, you know, put you at ease. We're not going to hand around the offering basket again. We're, we're, we're not trying to say that we need you for your money and, and we need to put towards something. We're not, we're not going to put that on you this morning. But what we really want to uncover is that we're going to explore the power of what generosity and stewardship has in our lives and what God has to say about it and, and how we can draw near to God and how we can be transformed by God and move in his transformative power when we get to see and get even just get a little glimpse of what generosity and, and stewardship and, and how the word of God says about that. So we're seeking God that we can look maybe to make significant changes in who we are, in the, in the way we manage the resources God has for us. Um, and we're going through this, this series of making changes, these four big thoughts of what, what it is to, to make change. And, and Lisa started off on uh, week one with less is more. So it's better to have one hand full tranquility than two hands in toil and chase in the wind and despair. Anna talking about stress is bad. So to be, it's bad to be in service to the lender. It is not healthy to be in service to somebody else, to the lender, and, and that we're serving another master other than Jesus. And this morning, I want to talk a little bit about giving is good. Giving is good, right? And it says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we we must help the weak and remember the words of Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Giving is good, right? The Bible says it, Jesus said it. You know, that doesn't mean that um, receiving something... uh, isn't a blessing it's not it is it's still we're still blessed when we receive something but Jesus is saying 
it is better to it is better to give than to receive uh, because i think I don't know if you've, when you've received a gift, it, it's amazing, right? It's, it's, I like to receive gifts. Me and Lisa have been blessed sometimes by amazing gifts, and, and we've, we've had uh, like envelopes posted through our door with some money in it, or something's happened, or something's given to us, or the car that we drive now was given as a gift to us. How incredible is that, that our lives are blessed? We've had that car for. How old's Mayor? Four four years, and our life has been blessed by that. And but actually, when we look at it, receiving a gift is is a temporary thing. The car, for example, it's made a huge impact on us, and we're still reaping the benefits of that. But eventually, that gift will run out, and and that feeling of of the impact that it's made on my life is is maybe just temporary, as opposed to the emotion when we give a gift because it is better to give than to receive and so and actually when I found when I've given something and I've given a gift or I've given my time or I've given something in my life actually it's not just the power of giving but actually it's done something in me it's transformed my heart my mind it's not just been a temporary emotion of this is great look incredible like Look how, how, how my, my hard work or how I've been, my life has been blessed so I can bless somebody else. It's, it's incredible, but actually, when, when, I've, when I've blessed somebody, it's, it's changed. It's not just an emotion. It's changed who I am. It's, it's, it's switched some thinking in my mind. And it's not just been about this nice, this has is, this is seen me through for a, a certain period or it's helped me for a certain period. But actually, it's changed my character. It's changed who I am. I remember um, a couple of years ago, Lisa and I and uh, a few of us went to Uganda and uh, we took a group of young people to do some work in, in a school for kids with disabilities and working in a church and stuff. And part of that, um, one of the church families that was connected, we went to visit this, this lady and she was a, a single mum. Uh, she had two boys and the school that the boys were part of were, had been, was sponsored by uh, one, one of the kids group at home. So the kids brought some pennies every, every week um, and put them in a jar and then they sent them to this, this school in Uganda who then fed them and, and got them like medical supplies that they needed. These little kids making a huge difference in these little boys' lives. But what was, inc- what, what was incredible for me on that trip we went to see this lady who who had HIV and these two young boys and she lived in this mud hut and I think because she was a Christian the 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 village where she lived she was a little bit persecuted and because she was she she was on her own she didn't have a husband with her uh, so she was persecuted as well so she had this little mud hut and other people would come and they'd basically just hack a hole in the mud and steal like the chickens or the pigs or whatever in a, of livestock she was keeping and um and we were praying for this lady and we'd budgeted for what it would cost us to feed like all these teenagers and and what we'd be doing and transport and stuff and actually by the end of the trip we realized that there was enough money left over to pay for this lady to have a house built it was a brick built house with a tin roof rather than mud 
built house we were able to give this this lady a gift for a house to be built so that people wouldn't come and and dig a hole and they could steal the chickens and the pigs and stuff and actually if if that lady passed away because she was she was battling hiv and aids these little boys would still have a house to live in and you know that that act of of sacrifice, that act of giving something and seeing somebody's life transformed by something so... I didn't even account for that. I didn't even... I, I, I worked... We worked hard to get there, but I didn't account for that particular thing that it just... We, it just... It just... The, 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 the numbers added up and we were able to bless this woman. And the impact and the change and the transformation in my heart and my mind... of how I view people, how I view things has had so much more of an impact than anything that I've received. And I've received some amazing gifts. But that act of giving, because it's a biblical truth, it's better to give than to receive. Giving is good, right? It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. You know, your, your generosity leads to thanksgiving. And, that, and that, that's not thanksgiving to you, but Corinthians says it's thanksgiving to God. You know, God will be glorified when we're generous. God will be glorified um, and our life will be enriched in every way when we live a generous life, when we live a life that gives to others, God will be glorified. That's the truth in it, that in every moment, in every situation, in every act, in every, every deed and every thought of our lives, that, that, is, that God will be glorified in what we do. That is, that is the foundation of it. God will be glorified. Not that I will have a greater gain. Not that I'll feel great about myself because I've helped somebody in need. But God will be glorified in this situation. So if it's, if it's more blessed to receive, why do we not do it more often? Why do I not do it more often? And don't get me wrong, we, we are a generous church. You guys are amazing with your, your finance, your time, your, your words, your, our acts. I'm not here to say, I'm, I'm not saying that we're not, we're not generous. You guys are amazingly generous. Some of the incredible things that people have, have received off us or as, as a family, and, and as a family we've supported one another. It's massive generosity. But, there's still, there's still some sort of, if, 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 if it's better to give than to receive, why does, uh, looking at my life, why does my life not look more like that? Why does my life not look, look more like, I'm looking for every opportunity to be generous, every opportunity to give, every opportunity to pour into somebody's life so that God will be glorified. And there's, there's three, three ideas I have around that. So number one would be, for, for me, for, we don't feel we have enough to give. You know, for me personally, I like to give. I like, if I'm blessing somebody, I like to give big. I like something amazing, something that is going to have a huge impact on their life. That, Like the, the analogy that I've just used, I, I want to bless somebody ma- amazingly with this massive gift that is, is, is going to impact them and transform every, every part of their life. 
But they, they, my stumbling block to that is that I then don't feel I have enough to give when I don't, I, I'm not able to give big. And essentially, what is giving big? Because actually, I, I, I'm limiting my giving and my generosity because I'm saying, God, I don't have this to give. I don't have what my idea of this big, gener- living big, living generous looks like because I've limited my thinking and I can't give what Bill Gates can give to people. So this morning, the new... The, Times Rich List and James Dyson was on those. 150 billionaires in England, Britain, this year. I can't match their giving. I can't even begin to think what it is to bless somebody as a billionaire. Because I'm not even a millionaire. I'm not even a hundred thousandaire. <laughs> but I can't view my generosity from the the place of I don't have enough to give. But I've got to see what what is it? What what am I releasing that I have to offer? What am I what is it that God has blessed me with that I have already? What am I releasing to others that I have in my amount? In my portion, in what I currently have, where can I bless people's lives? I might have a penny to my name, but I can still give big. I can still bless big. I can still give big. But even personally, as I was preparing this, I I think if I can't give a big, huge amount, what what is the power in giving? The second one, which is a huge one, is that this subject, generosity, has, has been abused, especially by the church. But, um, and, and I'm sure you've maybe watched some televangelists and you say, if you give X amount, you will receive this. If you, will, if you give this, you will receive this back. And in some aspect, there is, there is a little bit of truth in that it's better to give than to receive. And actually, the Bible does draw out that if you're making way for something and giving to something, you're giving God an opportunity to bless you. But when that is off the wrong foot, when that is, when that is on the, the foot of, I'm giving this because I'm not giving it to give to somebody I'm giving it because I want to see something happen I want to I want to receive something when it's from a place of greed or it's it's from a place of quick fix of you're telling yeah you're telling me to give to something because I want to see x amount back but that the message has been abused that generosity is about something how we can manipulate it around what we can get back and people have been people have been abused. The vulnerable people have been taken advantage of. It's like the spam emails that we get of if you if you transfer a thousand pounds, I have got some th- ten thousand gold bullion to send you. But I need a trans. That's not the way the word of God works. The word we, it's it's based off it love and grace. But because of those things. And because it's not been communicated properly or, or it's, it's been manipulated for greed and selfish gain, people are really sceptical. 
even in church, even in a, a safe family setting, people can be sceptical because it is. It, people have been taken advantage of. And we feel that, well, I've, I've lost out there once. I'm, I'm, I need to really protect this here. You know, another th- a third reason I think that we we might we maybe find it hard is that we often live with the scarcity mindset that if I give to you, then I no longer have it. If I give my pair of trainers to James as an act of generosity, I no longer have trainers. And James has two very nice pairs of trainers. We live with that mindset that because I because I no longer have. You, you've got you've got more, and I've got less. We live with that scarcity mindset that, rather than living, I'm living in an abundant life set, a mindset of, if I'm going to give a pair of trainers to James, because actually that might make me look for another pair, or actually he might be blessed more because of it, because I don't actually wear these trainers a lot. He might be amazingly impacted by it. I'm using trainers, it could be anything. But we live with that mindset of rather than I'm living out of an abundance, I'm, I'm living out of I no longer have because I've given to this. Therefore, I don't have it anymore. Um, and that's, that's not what God wants for us. God wants us to live a blessed life. He wants us to live a big life uh, that doesn't view things from loss, but view things from gain and blessing rather than having an abundant mindset I'm you know I'm I'm blessed to be a blessing I'm blessed to give to others and whenever you give you you are always a blessing and whenever you give you will always be blessed Whenever you give, you'll always be a blessing. But because that's a biblical truth, whenever you give, you will always be blessed. And like I said, that doesn't mean because I'm giving, I will get this back. But I I live with out of a fulfillment. I live out of joy. I live out of that God used me to make a difference in somebody's life. God used me to make a difference. God used me um, in his plan, in his outpouring. You're blessed to be a blessing that we can share. we We can partner with that because we've given to it. It says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 to 25, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. It says, it says in the message version, you know, the, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who the one who waters will himself be watered, because you're enriching somebody else's life. You're investing in somebody else's life. No, so if if giving is good, then I, I want to get better at it. 
I want to grow in generosity. So three truths from scripture. And truth number one is we need to trust the tithe. God wants us to trust the tithe. And we say it in church, don't we? We get to give. It is not a chore to give. It's an opportunity as part of our worship to God to give. And the, just to, uh, tithe comes from uh, the Hebrew word ma'asha, which is one-tenth. And that, that's what the Bible talks about. Um, so it talks about the first belonging to God and, and set to him as worship. The first is set as worship to God. And, and that comes from Malachi uh, chapter 3, verse 10. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. It's saying that if if you set aside this first tenth and bring it into the storehouse, that I, 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 will, I will do something with that. I will do something with that because you've brought it as worship. You've brought it as you've brought your first as worship to me, and 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 te- he said, "Test me, that I will do something amazing with it." And that's talking about, it's, it's talking about food, but it's, it's not just physical food, but spiritual food as well. It's, what is it that feeds us? Where are we getting our spiritual food from? Is that a local church? What is it that, what is it that I, I am receiving food from and, and growing from? And, and I'm, I'm, do, am I watering it so that my, and my life will be enriched and God will do it so much more extravagantly? But what, what we're bringing together here is Mal- Malachi is, it, it, we're talking about the Old Testament, we're talking about God laying down some rules and laws for the Israelites. So how does that relate to today's society, to today as believers with, with the transformative power of Jesus? So we're looking at uh, the relationship between the Old Testament law and what that looks like in today's new law, new covenant how does it relate to us? How, how does it have an impact? And uh, because through Jesus, we are not under the law anymore. We're under grace. The, lo- the law isn't the primary way that we relate to God um, or how we have a relationship with him. He's not through acts of, of fulfilling these laws. For the Israelites, this was... The, Living to the laws that God had set aside for them was how they related to God, was by fulfilling these laws so that they would be closer to him. So we, 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 we especially looked around the Easter message of what Jesus brought in that, that actually people had to do certain things to, to relate to God, to be in relationship with God. Only priests could step into the Holy of Holies, and even then they had to be chained just in case they fell down dead in the presence of God and had to be pulled out. There were was, there was certain laws and certain ways they had to live and certain things, restrictions they had to live to be right before God. Now, we don't live with, with that because we have Jesus and Jesus came and rewrote a whole new law. He fulfilled the law that we don't have to be 
confused and restricted and confined, that we have open access to a relationship with God through Jesus and, th- and through the Easter message of what he did. But we're under the law of Jesus, which is grace and love. So it's not about keeping to the Old Testament law, but it's, it's about keeping to what draws us closer to Jesus and what draws us to be more like Jesus and live a life like Jesus that we might reflect him more. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 to 8, he says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. We're not obliged to give. We're not fixed to this bringing a tenth of, of our, the first tenth of what we have. We're not, we're not obliged to that because God wants a cheerful giver. He wants us to give out of love. He wants us to give out of, each of you should give out of what, you've, what has been decided in your heart. That they, I, This brings me joy to give this. I don't, I don't put in the offering basket because I'm being told what to do and I'm just being obedient. It brings me joy to give, to sow into something, to bless something. Because it, it, I reflect God, I reflect Jesus. We give out of love. And you know what? That we will outgive those that were under the law. It's for us to decide in our own heart. And me and Lisa are trying to outwork this, but outgive it. Out, what does it look like to outgive it? I don't want to be fixed to, to this tenth, to this tithe tenth, because that's what the Israelites were fixed to. But I've received so much more in Jesus. I've seen so much more. I live under so much more grace and love. Then how much more freely should I be open and giving with, with what God has blessed me with? And we, we, we do. We use it as a baseline. We, we use it because it's a, bibli- a biblical baseline of a tenth. But how much more... If I see beyond it just as an act of fulfilling a law or an act of obedience, but I'm stepping in to everything that God has intended me for. I'm walking and reflecting Jesus in every area of my life and that I'm not fixed to a set number, but I'm transformed by, by, by my heart, what I'm compelled in my heart to do, to make a difference, to make a transformation in something. Everything is greater in the new covenant, in the new law. So why would it not be better to give under Jesus? You know, but this discipline, even for me, it's, this is difficult, to, not just to tell you, to, to make it happen in my life is difficult. 
this discipline, it, it, may, it means that we have to rearrange some things in our life so that it centres us more to him. And the first part of that is trusted to, to, to return to God as an act of worship. The first part is return to God. And that we seek God first in everything we do. You see, first is an act of worship back to him. And God is extravagantly faithful. You know, as we align, as we centre our lives to him, God is faithful in his word, in his promise. But it's returning the first to him. And this principle of the first, just to quickly go through it, is it, it runs through the Bible. We pick it, it's, if God is first in your life, then everything else comes in order. You don't have to work out all the detail, but if God is first, everything else follows. It just leads by whatever is first. And this, this idea of first comes, we see it in Exodus, and God tells the Israelites that the first of you, your newborn, and the, and the first of this, and uh, to make a sacrifice on the first. So of, of animals and humans, that there is a sacrifice of the first. So with a newborn child, there had to be a certain a sacrificial animal made and with certain acts there had to be there was certain animals that had to be used as certain sacrificial offerings for different parts of life or for if a, a child was born or uh, you'd bought a piece of land or if it was a particular time in the month for a, a woman certain animals the bible is very specific certain animals pigeons lambs had to be sacrificed to cover a certain thing. But what, what it defines is that there is clean animals and there is unclean animals. So we all, we all we, the, the most clean is, is a lamb. The lamb is always used as a clean animal, but there are other clean animals for other things like a dove and for, for, for pe certain restrictions if people couldn't afford to buy a lamb. The difference is there was a clean animal and there were certain clean animals and certain unclean animals. And because the Israelites were fixed to this law, the rule was that the first of any animal, a clean animal, had to be sacrificed as a first to God, as an offering to God, as worship to God. If it was an unclean animal, a clean animal had to be sacrificed to redeem the unclean animal. Are you with me? The, the, so the certain clean animals in this law that they were, they were following, the first for it to be made worthy as an offering to God, as worship to God, it had to be redeemed by the sacrifice of a clean animal. So for example, a donkey was an unclean animal. Therefore, the first, a, a lamb had to be sacrificed for the donkey to be made clean. Now, we don't follow that anymore because we have Jesus, thankfully. <laughs> However, that was Old Testament law. As believers today, as humans, we're born sinners, which makes us an unclean animal. It makes us unclean. However, Jesus, the Bible tells us, was born without blemish, without sin. Therefore, according to this 
principle of the first that runs throughout the Bible. For the unclean to be made clean and right before God as worship and an offering, something that is clean has to be sacrificed. Are you with me? Jesus was born clean, we're born unclean. Therefore, for us to be made right before God, according to this principle, there's a sacrifice of something that is clean that has to be made. You know, Jesus is God's tithe to mankind. Jesus is God's tithe to mankind. And that it wasn't just the first the first part of the offering. It wasn't a tenth of Jesus that we get. We get all of Jesus. God's tithe was all, everything of Jesus. We get the fullness of Jesus, not the tenth of Jesus. So God gave his first, God gave his everything so that we would be made right before God as worship. It takes faith to give the first it's it's not the it's not the, the 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 it's not the tie that brings about blessing, but it's it's the faith to give. It's the faith that activates this blessing, and that the Bible says Jesus was given. Jesus died, and was spat upon, was beaten, was tortured for sinners that he came to save. It takes faith. He didn't come for people that were clean. He came for unclean people that were beating him, that were scorning him, that were torturing him. But that, was, he, that sacrifice was made. This is the redemptive power of that first portion. When I bring my first, I step into the transformative power of Jesus. When I bring my first in everything that I do, I'm going to have to skip through because we're running out of time. Number two, planning our generosity. He says in Isaiah 32 verse 8, but the noble make noble plans and by noble deeds they stand. You know, I, I need to stand firm in my generosity. So therefore I need to make time. I, I, I may not have the work money, but I have something. I need to plan what my generosity looks like. And that comes at the, for, for myself and Lisa, it comes at the first of the month. It doesn't come, my generosity doesn't come at the end of the month, the month which means... My generosity isn't based off what I have left. It comes from what I, my first of what I have. I'm, I'm being, we're being proactive in planning our generosity because it is better to give than to receive. Therefore, I need to make some plans that I, I'm putting that rule, that principle into effect in my life to make it work. I've got to put plans into for my generosity. That might be financial, it might be my time, it might be my talents, my gifts, my skills, but I'm planning it, I'm, I'm, I'm looking what it looks like before, when I have it, before I think I don't have any of it left. I'm not waiting to see what I have left over, but I'm being intentional to give to others. I'm planning to be generous. I have a plan that works to be generous. 
sometimes. <laughs> Number three, start being generous now. Be a blessing along the way. It says in Philemon uh, chapter 1, 4 to 7, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. We enter into a personal partnership in faith. Therefore, I'm leading the way in intentional generosity. I'm not waiting until I have what I think my generosity looks like or what I want it to look like. I'm, I'm moving in being generous now by entering into a partnership in faith with others. I'm using what God has already given me here and now. Not when, when I've, I, I come into this investment or I'm not waiting for my, my, that I'm, I'm a, this rich property development or I've, I've gathered all these skills along the way. I'm, I'm being generous with what I have right now. And that might be very little, but I'm making a plan to make it work that I'm generous with whatever I have. So Jesus said, it is better to give than receive. We plan to be generous. We stand firm in our generosity and we're used by God and he blesses us. He blesses us so that we can make a difference, so that we can live a big life. We can live a blessed life so that's what it boils down he wants us to live the best life that makes a difference where we live big but we live blessed in whatever situation in whatever circumstance rich or poor skilled or unskilled we, like, we live in the transformative power of Jesus that makes an impact in people's lives And that people might give thanksgiving to God and that his name will be glorified. Hey church, why don't we just pray together just to finish. Father God, I just want to say thank you for what you've given us as a church family, as, as skills, finance, gifts. God, what we have, you've given us and we want to honour you with that. And God, we commit to focus on giving you the first of what we have the first of everything that we have because you, you that's what you're worthy of you're worthy of our first not what's left over not what's at the bottom of the barrel God but you are worthy of the first that people's lives will be transformed our hearts minds renewed and that God every day will step into the transformative power of Jesus that we act out of love we act out of grace we're not we're not confined to a law we're not confined to religious behavior God but we 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 are free to walk in love to walk in grace to walk in that that redemptive power of Jesus 
Jesus, you were first given, you were first given as a sacrifice so that we might be redeemed. God, is our heart is that, God, we will see your kingdom, your heaven populated by those that are around us, God, those lives that surround our lives. They, they will be with us in heaven. They will populate your kingdom and that your light, your, your freedom, your love will, will, will shine through us, through our love, our grace, our generosity. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's show some appreciation to Liam. That was a great word. Thank you.